Welcome to Pull Up the Tape Podcast, the podcast that keeps you connected by providing all the hottest and most current takes in the world of sports. This podcast is a full version of today's episode. Lastly, share this podcast with anyone you know that loves basketball, boxing, football, MMA, and soccer. It's greatly appreciated. Happy listening and enjoy the episode. My name is Michael Delu. Today is November 17th, 2021. You're tuned into episode 78 of Pull Up the Tape, and let's get it, all right? Before I get into today's show, I would like to give a shout out to every single member of Omega Sci Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Today is our Founders Day. Long, hey, 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 hey. Long live all the founders. Yeah. Shout out to the brush, shout out to the cues, all that. All right. So to everyone, every all the members in the NBA, NFL, regular Joes, whoever it is, enjoy the day, get lit, set some shit out, all of the above. All right. So like I said, today is episode 78 of Pull Up the Tape. And I got like I got two things, two things that have been that I feel like are really important that I want to get out. And address. And the first one being the TNT game that happened yesterday on the East Coast, which is the Warriors versus the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. So much, so much to unpack and so much happened. And I just, I, 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 I really had to, I really had to like really like dissect everything and just, and, and just let it out, let it, let it be, let it be said. All right. And, and here's the, here's the thing the Warriors beat the Nets 117 to 99. And it's funny because I was just talking to one of my one of my dudes, Ashton Dennis, AD, coach, coach AD, whatever. Not whatever, but yeah, that's my dude. That's my guy. I uh, hope he sees this. And he asked me, do I think the Warriors are for real? Do I think they're a good team? And I said, and do I think they're one of the best teams in the West? And I said no to all those questions. And the main reason why I said no to all those questions is because the Warriors probably have one of the easiest, easiest like first months of the season. Like the Warriors are playing, Warriors are playing a lot of teams that probably want to make the playoffs in their first like fifteen games of the season. So I said that, not realizing they're playing the Nets later today. I, I remember, I remember, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be later, like later that day, but I knew they were playing the Nets up like soon, really soon. So I turn on, I turn on TNT, I start watching the game, and I'm watching, I believe, like the third quarter. And the third quarter is where shit got really tricky. And yesterday, the war like yesterday was yesterday was the Warriors' best win of the season by far, by far best win of the season. And this is coming off coming off a loss to the to the Charlotte Hornets, which in my opinion they shouldn't have lost to begin with. But hey, it is what it is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna address, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it make it make it sweet, make it clear, all of the above. The Warriors won this game in the third quarter. And and one thing I want to say about the Warriors, and I don't I don't know if this is an extension of I don't know if this is you know sometimes it's really hard to tell why a team is successful. Is it because of coaching? Is it because you know the players mesh well together on the court or whatever, or the mixture of the both, or is you know whatever. But one thing that can't be denied is the Warriors' impact in the third quarter. So I looked at this stat: the Warriors have a hundred and ten point. Hundred and ten is their point differential. 
in the third quarter. And this is the best differential by any team in the NBA for any quarter. So no team has won the won any quarter by as much as the Warriors have won third quarters of of any of, of NBA games. So that means the Warriors come out locked and loaded in the in the second half and they and they just blitz teams off the fucking court. And obviously part of it is because they have Stephen Curry. He's a nigga out here. Steph is really a nigga out there. And it's it's honestly Steph hit four logo shots last night. Four of them hoes. On four of them. Steph hit four of those. Four. Not one. Not two. Not three. Four of them. On four of them grave. And then also, it, it's it's crazy because I'm watching this team. This is this this is this it's a little bit different. You know, they 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 got Andre Iguodala back. But, I mean, he's old as fuck, so it's not like he's making such a great impact. But I have to, I have to give credit to Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, their first-round draft pick in 2019 out of Michigan, is, like, literally a stud. Like, I, I can't call him a star or anything like that, but Jordan Poole is easily next year and, and like, in and, and the foreseeable future, if he stays healthy, a 20 to 25 per, per point per game score. And he's just like he's he's every like he's like the mold of what the NBA is looking for at that position. Six seven, six eight, wing, can defend, can shoot, can score, and can really get a shot off at, at like and he plays bro. Jordan Poole plays such a critical role on this team because when Steph Curry goes to the bench, those minutes where he's not on the court and he shines. He he like he truly does shine. Like and it's and it's amazing to see. Like obviously, one of the reasons why the Warriors are obviously so successful this season is because of his maturation as a player and the growth that he's he's been able to experience this season. And then the next one, next thing also is you know he shoots really well from three. Last night he was 0 for seven, which is an anomaly. That's not always going to happen. That's probably never going to happen again this season. But it happened last night. But coming into the into that game, he's he's he was shooting very very well from three. Up until yesterday's game, and then another thing that it's just the, the Warriors didn't have last year is the Warriors have a, a lockdown defender in Gary Payton the third. He's playing like first of all, he plays above the rim. Y'all, y'all, I know y'all seen his highlights of him punching shit and just dunking on shit and just catching lobs and just slam. I'm like, God damn! Didn't even know he. I did. I did not know. He, and then what, Gary Payton's story is exactly why people should never like you shouldn't sleep on niggas that are in the G League. There are niggas in the G League that will be that will that will play critical roles on championship teams. I'm looking at some of them on the wall: Fred Van Fleet, Alex Caruso, Gary Payton III. Like there's there's guys in the G League. There's there's G League, bro. There's G League players on every single team in the NBA that are that are that are shining, that are studs, that are important pieces to their teams. Okay, don't sleep on anybody in the G League. Specifically, Gary Payne III. Like I, I've, I've kind of followed his story for quite some time because of who his dad is and who he is, and you know he didn't have, he doesn't have the best or the most conventional. And his, his story is the perfect. I don't want to get into his story, but anyways, he plays above the rim and he plays, he plays well on both sides of the floor. He high energy, lockdown defender, strap in, like gets in the passing lanes, just wreaks havoc defensively. You put him on the best on the. 
on the team's best shooting guard or a point guard and just sick that nigga. Get on him. Simple. And, like, the Warriors are just a different team than they were last season. And then on top of that, the morale of the team is different because of the simple fact that Klay Thompson is weeks away from coming back. Weeks. Last season, there was no reinforcements. Like, and the Warriors actually have a deeper team this year. So, honestly, as of right now, I'm going to say it. The Warriors, I, it, it's crazy that I'm, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because, I mean, I thought the Warriors would be a decent team. Didn't think they would be top of the West. God, damn. Best team in the West, best team in the NBA. Deep. Um, they have one of the they have one of, if not the best players in the NBA. And they have like it, it honestly. And their def- their defense is, is is vastly improved from last season. Vastly improved from last season. They're finally getting back to the, you know, Warrior basketball, honestly. Like, I haven't seen the, the Warriors haven't played this good since fucking 2019. That's that's like fucking three seasons ago. Like, what? Like 2018, 2019, that's three years ago. Because 2019, 2020 season, uh, was it Steph hurt his hand? Uh, 2020 season, Steph, yeah, Steph missed like more than 50, 50 games last season. Last season, it was just Steph and Clay. No, Steph, no Clay, and just a bad, just a bad team. And I mean, it just there, there was games where they were, they were, they would lose by forty without Steph on the court. Man, so I'm gonna get into the box score. Stephen Curry. 37 points, 12 of 19 from the field, 9 of 14 from three. God damn. Greatest shooter ever. Hey, hey, I want I want people to know something. And Ovia Tomakili can attest to this. I been fucking with Steph Curry. I knew he was something before everybody knew he was something. I hey, me and Ovi played a game of 2K like seven years ago. And guess who I picked? I picked the Golden State Warriors. I got ran because he picked the Nets. He picked the Nets with Darren Williams, Gerald Wallace, whatever. I'm not very good. At that time, I wasn't very good at 2K. But never. And one of my one of my presentations at community college, um, Cindy Body's class. Uh, it was a communication class. I did a presentation on literally on Stephen Curry during his first playoff run when he went crazy against the Nuggets. When he went crazy against the Spurs. I have been rocking with this dude. And this ain't no dick eating or anything. I've been saying greatest shooter ever. We've been calling him the greatest shooter ever for like the past eight years now. He is something. Seven rebounds, five assists. Andrew Wiggins, man. Oh my god, I, I, I haven't, I haven't given, I haven't given Andrew. Andrew Wiggins deserves his flowers. Andrew Wiggins for a long time has been talked about like he is a fucking bum. Oh my god, the way niggas were, talk, the way niggas used to, you, I. Oh, my God. The way niggas used to bash Andrew Wiggins, and rightfully so, because Andrew Wiggins should be so much better than what he is now. But it's just honestly good. to It's, it's good that I'm happy that the Warriors didn't trade him, move on from him, and it, he's clearly finding his own within their system and getting more comfortable, getting more acclimated. He, 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 makes, he, he clamps on defense. He scores. He's active on both ends of the floor. And I'm just honestly truly happy for him. Still overpaid as fuck, but I'm happy for him. 19 points, 7 of 11, 2 of 3 from 3, 2 rebounds. Jordan Poole, 17 points, 6 of 13 from the field, all 7 from 3, 4 rebounds and 4 assists. Let me get, let me get into the, uh, the Nets. The Nets, piss poor. Piss poor fucking performance. The craziest thing happened, Kevin Durant, 
Kevin Durant, we all, we all know who he is and what he is. A nigga. A nigga out there. What? Kevin Durant is something. He had a season-low 19 points on 19 shots. I'm like, Kate, I'm watching the third quarter. KD's getting great looks, but his shots just were not falling. And that's literally when the, the, the Nets lost the game in the third quarter. James Harden led them in scoring. Damn, I don't even have the points right here. James Harden, I think James Harden had 24 points. He was 6 of 13, 2 of 6 from 3, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. Kevin Durant, 6 of 19. Terrible from the field. 19 points, 2 of 6 from 3, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Bruce Brown, I think he had 17 points, 6 of 8 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists, honestly. So that was that. It was a good game, but I don't I don't think this is I don't think the performance that KD gave is in like, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the next time these two teams play. I mean, it's going to be a little different cuz I'm more than likely sure I don't I don't know when when their next meeting is, but more than likely sure Clay will be back and I expect an even greater performance from a way better from I, Kevin Durant never scores 19 points. Kevin Durant I've never like what? 19? No Bitch, shut up. Like Kevin Durant doesn't score 19 points. That's just that doesn't happen often, but it is what it is. That was a game. It was, a, in, in my opinion, it was a great game, but it got out of hand at third quarter, and yeah, it is what it is. So, the next thing I want to talk about: Saul Canelo Alvarez. Okay, all right. So, most of y'all know that Canelo just beat beat up on Caleb Plant. Uh, was it last week? No, yeah, two weekends ago. Beat up on on on, on Caleb Plant. Two weeks, two weekends ago. So here's the thing. So people have been wondering exactly who Canelo's next fight is and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, how Canelo's going to continue to build his legacy and blase, blase, blase. And yesterday it was reported by Canelo's trainer that he's he's moving up another weight class to fight a, another champion. Okay. And here's the thing. At this point. Canelo's out here trying to connect, collect, collect belts like they're fucking Infinity Stones. Canelo is, Canelo is on his Thanos shit. I'm going to try and collect every single championship from every single nigga that I already haven't beat. And the lucky man is Iluno Makabu. I don't know if I, I don't know if I butchered his name or anything like that. But honestly, I'm gonna give a brief shout out to him because he just hit the fucking lottery. If I would have got a phone call. That Canelo wants to fight me, I would have shit my pants because I know that I just became, uh, I don't know, I, I've never heard of this dude before in my life until yesterday, but I just know for a fact that he's going to pocket at least, at the bare minimum, five million to fight Canelo. Oh my God, I would have started, I'm not, my God is a good God, yes he is. Man, I, I would start praise dancing, all types of shit. If Canelo called and wanted to fight me, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So here's the thing, the catch. To do this, to fight this guy who's, who is a champion, I've never heard of him. Never, I mean, he obviously has to be some sort of skill boxer to be a champion of his weight class. To do this, Canelo is moving up 22 pounds. 22 pounds to fight this guy. And what I what, – He's moving up to Cruiserweight to fight this guy. So I think it's about 20 to 22 pounds. And what I will honestly want to say is, even though he is fighting a champion, this guy isn't the best Cruiserweight there is for him to fight. Like, there's a lot of other good guys that he could have fought. And after watching, after seeing and witnessing this happen, it's, it's, it's honestly clear that 
the WBC and Canelo's team are just legitimately like strategizing and who he wants who he wants him to fight cuz honestly this guy's not the best cruiserweight even though he is a champion there's other cruiserweights that he could have fought that would make more sense and if i mean if if i'm being honest it just seems like they're trying to pad Canelo's resume granted you know it, it is a big deal for him to move up to 2020 that much weight to fight a dude but it just kind of looks like they're, they're, they're trying to pad his resume to look like Floyd's, Manny's, Oscar De La Hoya to where they're building him to be like, okay, this dude was like, when in actuality, Canelo is the pound for pound best fighter in the world right now. But definitely, like, when I think of like pound for pound best, like, when I look at the UFC and just look at like Kamara Usman and, and the way that Stylebender, Israel Adesanya, and like, Fucking Floyd, Manny, like, they fought the best dudes. Like, they didn't duck anyone. Like, it just seems like, I'm not going to say it seems like he's ducking, but you could definitely tell he's being strategic with who he wants to fight and who he doesn't want to fight. So, and it just seems like the WBC is kind of behind him in, in, in making these choices because BTS Sports did a, a poll on who everyone wants to see Canelo fight. And the two the two top ones were... Top choices, in my opinion, were David Benavidez and Artur Betrabif. I don't know if I said his name right, but here we are. Canelo's not fighting either of them. And it's just kind of a little puzzling. Or even Triple G. Like, I want to see that again. I want to see that again. And it's just a little disappointing that Canelo didn't decide to go that route because it's like there are good boxers out there that he can fight, and I wish it was one of them. But nevertheless, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to knock Canelo because he, he's still he, – he's something. Canelo is something. Like, Canelo is no pushover. Canelo is no chump. Canelo's resume ranks up with everybody. Canelo's only lo- – ah! Ooh. Canelo's only glaring loss was to Floyd. Some people could argue argue the Triple G, the draw, maybe. And, I mean, with Triple G, he draw – he it was a draw one, and then he barely won the second one. So, those could have easily been losses or those could have easily been, like, uh, whatever, but nevertheless, it is what it is. I mean, just being the fan that I am of sports and combat sports, I just always want to see the top fight. I just always want to see Canelo being challenged to the best of his ability and being able to prove, like, I'm I'm, I'm a nigga. I'm something. I don't go fuck who you put in front of me. I'm going to knock these niggas out. Line them up. I'm going to knock them down. That's 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 the type of shit. I mean, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not where his mindset is or anything like that, but I mean... There is definitely better competition out there for him. So with that being said, that ends episode 78. Man, wow. That ends episode 78 of Pull Up The Tape. Shout out to everybody who's still supporting, who's still watching, who's still listening. Uh, I want to apologize for the hiatus. You know, sometimes, you know, I I get in my feels or whatever it is and I go through personal shit. But nevertheless, it is what it is. I'm back. I'm going to try my best to remain as consistent as possible and keep bringing this shit to you live and direct. My name is Michael DeLu. Long live Kobe. Long live Gigi. Long live Pop Smoke. Long live Nip. Whoa. I'm out of here. Stop it.